0: We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It is the, it's actually the Old Testament lectionary reading for tomorrow, but since we're not gathering tomorrow, I felt like this was a solid place for us to be this morning. Uh, and so I wanted to be there. Ecclesiastes, uh, we attribute to being written by an individual. Uh, he's one who wrote. Uh, let's say it this way. He's one that God gave the option, whatever you want, I'll give you pretty much is the story. And he's the one who said of all the things to be given, I ask for wisdom. And so we attribute Ecclesiastes, who was the individual who asked for wisdom? Solomon. That's who we attribute to writing this. And so when we read this, this is coming from someone who God gave, as we would consider, just immense wisdom, understanding. This is, if some of you sat around over the Christmas holiday and you had a chance to be able to hear from maybe a matriarch or a patriarch in your family and they've experienced so much, they get to tell their stories and they're just a wealth of knowledge. Let me just give you this encouragement. If you haven't done this over Christmas and you've got some New Year gatherings to be a part of, sit and listen to your grandparents tell stories folks okay sit and listen to your aunts and uncles tell stories because the experiences that they've endured gone through the successes the failures all those things those stories are meant to make your life better. They will they will prepare you for life. So sit around and listen to the stories. In a very similar way this morning, we're listening to one who is incredibly wise, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to read, and I'm actually going to put it up on the screen here in front of us. If you would stand for the reading of the word. We're going to read through verse 8 this morning. And then later on, we'll pick up the rest of this. It may seem quite familiar to you, maybe not, but this is a pretty uh, familiar passage from the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep. and a time for peace. God, we come before you this morning reading from one who was given immense wisdom and in his writing of the use of time and the time that has been given by God. So God, this morning as we have a chance to be able to reflect on such an appropriate last Sunday of a year, God, would you speak to us? Would your Holy Spirit do its work? God, would you reflect, help us to reflect in the use of the time that you've given us. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Time is a very weird thing, is it not? I mean, there are those times that you feel like things go by very, very quickly, and then there are those times that go very, very short. I mean, you may have things in your life that feels like forever. Uh, how many of you have something that you do that just seems like it drags on forever? Uh, my family drives to central Alabama a couple times, a few times a year. That's where my parents live. My brother lives there. And so over the Christmas holiday, we got a chance to go down for about a... Th- maybe a 30-hour trip, go down, do some Christmas stuff, hang out, have fun, and come right back. And so on our trip down, there's one segment of that trip that has always been a long segment. Uh, it's the part of the trip that is dreaded because it goes on forever. And though there have been improvements made to make it not so bad, let me tell you, even though it is only about 30 miles from I-40 to I-65 on what we now call I-840 or the Road of Torture, whatever you would like to call it. It is a horrible section of driving. If you pull a trailer, oh my gracious, I remember driving down the road pulling different things. If I felt like the time that I I drove horses and mules down that road that I needed to pull off the side of the road and apologize to them for what I'd done to them. It was like cruel and unusual punishment because of all the bouncing around. And those 30 miles seem like forever. But then there are those segments of time where you're driving down the interstate, and for some reason the stretch between, for me... You hit the interstate, hit the Alabama state line about mile 366 or so. My parents live off of exit 284. And in those miles, that stretch seems to fly by so much faster for me than the 30 miles of going down 840. And it seems like life is that way. There are those things that you look back at that maybe in the moments they seem like they lasted forever and then in the other times it seems like they were going by so quickly. Steph and I find ourselves in a very weird space. We were talking last night even as we were talking about sermon and stuff in in today and, and we were reflecting, we're in such a weird situation. I remember like it was yesterday what it was like to have two kids in diapers running around the house. What it was like to have... Two kids and in knowing that like there was so much that was done almost in survival of like, what is nap time going to look like? What is this going to happen? When these schedules and all those things taking place. And last night, Stephanie and I were sitting there talking as we've listened to our kids over the last couple of days talk about, I've got a 19-year-old son fresh out of lineman school who's putting in applications across the country, getting callbacks from all sorts of states. You know what I mean? Like opportunities that who knows what they really are, but still like, when, you're, when your son's starting to talk about places that are 200, 300, 400, 800, 1400 miles away, my gracious, my daughter's looking at going to college. With a conversation that first began as maybe we'll go somewhere close and stay home. Now the conversation is maybe I'll be 100 miles away. I'm looking at another school that's 150 miles away. And my wife and I last night were looking at each other in the eyes saying... It is very very understandable, very logical, very likely that in 9 months this house is going to be very quiet. That's a that's a place of reflection. What happened to my two kids in diapers running around? I, I am now that old person telling you younger people who have kids running around, soak it up, it will end. And it'll end before you know it. Like, I know when I was one, two, three, or four, or my kids were one, two, three, or four, and I felt like diaper stage would never end, and I just couldn't wait to get out of diaper stage. Now, I don't really know that I want to go back to diaper stage, but right after that, you know what I mean? Like There are those times of thinking like, it's just how fast time goes by. I started reading a couple of things that were catching my attention over the last few weeks, uh, and, and I think this is a bit of a trend that's been going on, and it's people that are talking about how you use your time and your life. There's been one that's talking about 4,000 weeks is one of the trends that's been kind of catching on here recently. Like, how do you use your 4,000 weeks? And that may not sound quite logical to you, but it's based in an understanding of how many weeks do you get in your lifetime, and then how many weeks are used for common things. Uh, It's an interesting thing to me to look at like how we use our time and how our life is used up. I I, I did a little bit of research in this. I thought this was interesting. If you use the 2021 numbers, that's where they come up with the 4,000 weeks, the life expectancy in 2021. Now listen, we need to be very, very, let's be very, make some blank statements across here. I'm about to mention numbers that to some of you are going to seem like are forever away and you have an entire life. I'm also going to mention some numbers that some of you have already passed. Okay, so like, understand we're talking about averages, all right? So don't get your feelings hurt on either side. Just because you're 13 right now doesn't mean you're guaranteed to make it to this number. And just because you're, you know, 95 this morning doesn't mean anything about the number behind you, okay? So like, just know that we all fit into this in different places. And and please accept that this is just a, a, a mental exercise for us to work through, okay? But life expectancy as of 2021 was 76.4 years, which is very interesting to me. These are all numbers based in the CDC, so take them however you want. 2018, life expectancy was 78.64. 2019, 78.79, a little bit of an uptick. 2020, 77.28. You lost almost a year and a half. 2021, 76.4, still on the decline. 2022, They're saying that 77.5. So the 4,000 weeks is in the kind of between 21 and 22. Well, people have been saying, how are you using those weeks? So here's what I'd like for us to do this morning. Let's have this conversation of how you use the weeks that you've been given, the days that you've been given. But let's use the more generous number of 79 this morning, okay? Because that'll be our number. Again, if you're 79 or beyond still use the stats, okay? If you're under, just know that this is an average. And so here's the exercise we'll go through. The average life expectancy being 79 years, that's 948 months. Sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? That's 4,108 weeks. Sounds even better. That's 28,835 days, all right? So let's talk for a minute about statistically, how will you use You're 28,835 days. So if you're young right now, 28,835 days seems like forever. Amen? Seems like forever. Let's work through this for a second. It is said from studying people, 12,045 total days of your life will be spent in the bed. 33 years and 4 months, I believe it is. And what's even more interesting is, in that study, it says that actually 26 years of your life will be spent asleep. Seven years will be spent trying to go to sleep. <laughs> All right, Like laying in the bed trying to be asleep is the, is the part. of it. But in general, you'll be there for 41.8% of your life is spent in the bed trying to go to sleep or asleep. Folks, when you start talking about 28,000 days to use, all of a sudden, things hurt when you start realizing that 41% of those 28,000 days, you will be in the bed or in or trying to sleep. It doesn't sound quite as big of a number. You continue on. 4,821 days on average. Now, if you work 42 and a half, I don't even know what that number is, but we can figure it out. Randy's probably been there for more than 4821. But that's still, on average, about 16.7% of your life. Now, some of you are reading these numbers, and I need to make sure you, you catch this, okay? This does not mean that you are laying in the bed continuously for 12,045 days, okay? It does not mean that you're laying in the bed 12,045 individual days. It is saying if you added up all the hours of your life that you will spend in the bed, 12,045 days is what that means. So if you slept eight hours a night, then every three days, that's one full day that you have spent asleep. If it's eight hours, okay? Eight times three is... 24 and there's 24 today so there's gonna be some math this morning so go ahead and get those things fired up maybe you want to get your calculator out because you're gonna do a little project with me here in a minute okay let's start looking at this breakdown 4,127 days are spent looking at a screen not including your work not including your work folks the numbers that are coming out for those who are under 20 this morning will blow those out of the water it's wild it's wild don't have time for that but it's it's wild okay 1,583 days eating. Might as well. Let's spend 5.5% of this enjoying. You know what I mean? Like, let's eat some good food. Some of you walked in this morning, and I was on the back porch talking to my cousin in Georgia, giving her cooking advice. I'm telling you, I enjoy the 5.5%. Mine may be more like 8%, all right? 1,201 days in the bathroom doing the things you do. Okay, like... (laughs) be real here we all got to do it this is part of it if you study men and women that number jumps astronomically for women and it is a little bit less for dudes but the average is 1201 for 79 year old life expectancy 1146 total days of vacation some of that factors in a written average retirement life those sorts of things but about four percent of your life is spent doing that 682 days in school that is your elementary through high school some of you are like those numbers don't add up i need you to hear me out okay when you put them in linear, you don't just talk about it one day, but you can take all of those days and you say that you've been in school for seven hours of instruction per day. All right, because you got thirty-minute lunch and about thirty minutes of changing classes, going to the restroom, whatever. Seven hours of instruction a day, based on one hundred and eighty days. It's actually sixty-eight, six eighty-two point five, if you want to be precise. But you're still looking at six hundred eighty-two total days. 24-hour days if you line them all up in school, all right? 496 days exercising, and I know that's a variable for some of you. It should be thousands for some of you, and some of you, it'll be six, all right? Just depends on how you live, all right? 395 days pursuing romance. I thought this was interesting. Read into it however you want, but pursuing romance, all right? Now, you get to the total, and this is the part that's going to hurt your heart. 91.9% 91.9% of your life is spoken for already in average responsibilities and the things most people do. You're looking at 8.1% left over for you to make a decision about how are you going to use it. That is humbling. You know what I mean? Like, that's humbling. Now, I, I want to I clarify as we continue on. All of this is not meant to be depressing. How many of you feel like, ugh, okay, like, no, no, this is not meant for that. This is meant for like, let's talk about how we use those days. As a matter of fact... Let's talk about how many more of those days left over, that time left over that you have. So pull your phone out for just a moment. I'm going to send you through a mathematical equation to determine how many days you have left. Again, if you're 79 this morning, you can throw something at me when we get out the door here in a minute, but there's not really much of a point. I don't know how that works in reverse, okay? But this is just average life expectancy. I also recognize some of this doesn't work exactly right because you know your free time is going to be heavier loaded post-retirement as we study people. Uh, as opposed to maybe if you were in that, that working segment of your life, 25 to 60, somewhere in there, it's not gonna. you don't get the same amount of free time per day, okay? Just understand that. We're just talking about averages across the entire life. So here's what we do. How old are you? We'll use Pastor Daniel. I am 42 for another three weeks. All right? 42 years old. So I want you to put in your calculator right now, whatever your age is. I want you to then hit the divided by, all right? And I want you to divide that by 79. Now, what you'll get is a decimal point, point something, something, okay? 0.53 minus 0.5364557, all right? If you know how to convert that into percentages, it's very easy. You just move the decimal point over two spaces. So that means I have already lived 53.164557% of my life. There you go. That's how much of my life I've lived. Now, if you want to find out, you've still got that point whatever number on your calculator, okay? Stick with me. If you haven't yet, do it again. Some of you hit clear too soon, all right? 42 divided by 79 in that order, and you'll come up with a decimal point, all right? That's how much of your life you've lived. Now, what we want to do is we want to take that number, that point, whatever it is, all right, and multiply that by 2339. That's how many days of open time you have, okay, in your life the number you're going to get is how many days you've already used. Are you following me? So in mine, 1,243 and a half days have already been used. All right? Now, if you want to find out how many you have left, this is the easiest way to back into it. Take that number, leave it on your screen, okay? Open days lived. Hit the minus button, the subtraction, the slash that looks like this, okay? Minus 2339, because that's your total days. Now understand, when you hit enter or equals, you're going to get a negative number. That's your countdown on how many more open days you have. Mine's 1,095. You may look at this this morning, and because you are much, much younger, you have 2,000 days left, and rock on good for you. Uh, I don't know. Mason, have you done yours? How many days do you have left, Mason? Mason? 2,042 days remaining of open time, all right? Any of you in here have six? You know what I mean? Like it depends on which side of the coin. Where you are, I get it, okay? But you just look at this from a point of like of learning a bit of a lesson of when we look at averages and you start talking about time and then you start asking a good question of how am I using the time that God has given me especially when you recognize, and it's not that God can't be using you during that time of work, during that time of vacation, and all those other things, okay? Because there's a weird way of kind of factoring that in because just you, because you're at work doesn't mean God can't be using you, okay? Uh, as a matter of fact, that's probably where he needs to use you the most, quite honestly. So there's some of that that we have to factor in, but you still have to ask the question like, how am I using what God has given me? So one of the things I think that's important in this, and I think it's a very, very good exercise for us this morning is, why not use this base As our motivation, but if we're going to use that passage that we've been reading, why not use it, maybe the best thing for us to do is to use it as a evaluative point for 2023. Maybe just in a little bit shorter window, maybe that'll help us understand like, how are we doing at using the time, especially in response to the wisdom of Solomon. Well, How are we, do, how are we using that time? So think with me for just a moment. In 2023, I think it's great to be reminded, number one, that there's a time to be born and a time to die. <clears throat> because you're here this morning, you, you, know, you have 14 more hours to survive and you will have done all of 2023. So let's just assume we're all going to make it the next 14 hours and we'll talk about how did we use 2023, right? Were there things in your life That you planted, and were there things in your life that you uprooted? Like, think with me for a moment. This is very evaluative. This is this is asking the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives for a moment and say, by looking at the wisdom of Solomon and the time to do things, how did 2023 go for me? What did I and I only use several of these together? What did I what did I plant and what did I uproot? What did I kill and heal? There's some of these things go together, you'll read some of these that overlap together. What did I tear down and what did I build? In in reflecting on those, there's another one that seems very similar to it, but it's a little bit just a little bit different. So let's just reflect on those for a second. What are the things in my life? Man, what are the things in my life that maybe even I needed to have torn down in 23, but they still existed? Because sometimes recognizing that there's a time to tear down and a time to build causes us to reflect for a moment and say there was a time to do these things and I still have strongholds in my life, habits in my life, things that are going on in my life that should have been torn down in 23 and they're still there. I didn't kill them. I didn't tear them down. I didn't uproot them. They're still alive and well and they exist in my life and they need to be removed. Maybe for your purposes of the last sermon of 2023, maybe the Holy Spirit is already doing its work in your life and saying before you get out of this year, you need to uproot this. You need to kill it. By the way, there's some very visual and very aggressive language used in this passage, and I will not shy away from it whatsoever. We need to hear it more often. It needs to be uprooted. It needs to be killed. It needs to be torn down. All right? So are there things in your life that needed those things to have been done? And then maybe are there things in your life in 2023 that like you realize you didn't build, you didn't heal, and you didn't plant that maybe these things needed to have been created, brought about, and for whatever reason, I just kept pushing them off. You know, I, I I just kept saying I would do them later. One of the greatest lies the devil will ever give you is that you have tomorrow to do these things. You know what I mean? It's the greatest lie he'll ever give you. Is like wait till next year, it'll be better. Wait till tomorrow, you can do it then. Wait till next week, you can do it. Th-. It's one of the greatest lies evil has. There's another one down. I want to skip one and and, and point to the one because it's very similar. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. That may not make sense to you, but understand in their world, it makes perfect sense. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. If you are going to build anything, one of the first things you do are gather the stones that you will build the structure on top of. If you are going to tear down a structure, then the last thing you do is to scatter the stones that were used to build the structure. Like this is about in the same way of tearing down and building. This is a very similar verbiage being used, but oftentimes in this, it's a it's an analogy used even in relationships. What relationships did you build that needed to be built in that gathering stones into creating? And what relationships are absolutely tearing you down and destroying you, and yet you continue to pour into them, and you know you need to scatter them, not to not be friends, not to not be nice, but that. This relationship is destructive and toxic, and you need out. You, you need to step away from that because that person does not encourage you in the right direction. They are not iron sharpens iron. They're more like iron bludgeoning iron or iron dulling iron, and you, you need people that are close to you in your life. You need to build and bring stones together that are, that are contributory, that are pointing you in the right direction couple of these others that you just kind of keep reflecting on. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Folks, life should be full of emotions, the full gamut. I don't like to weep or to mourn, but there are times for it. I'm not good at dancing. I like to laugh, but there are times for them. Have I balanced those, those well? A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. This morning, I had a piece of sourdough bread that was a gift from a lady in our church named Miss Ann, And Miss Marianne makes great sourdough. And so I, I had a piece of sourdough and I, I put it in a toaster. And let me tell you what's something to make your life better. Either make French toast out of it, oh, or... In the morning sometimes, I I slice a piece of it off, I put it in the toaster, put a little bit of peanut butter on top of it. Ooh, that's a good way to start a day, let me just tell you, okay? The Problem is, my my daughter and I specifically have been in a bit of a disagreement about the peanut butter, okay? Peanut butter expired sometime in early November. I think that's a ploy to get me to buy a new peanut butter, quite honestly. I don't believe it. So I told her, you do not throw that away. It stays in the, in the cabinet right there. We're going I'm gonna keep eating that peanut butter because it's A plus and fine, okay? However, I don't gamble with milk. Milk should not be chewy. All right? Um, I, I'm, I'm actually a firm believer like milk has a, a few different forms that are worth it and not worth it and when milk turns into cottage cheese folks just throw it away that stuff ain't made to be eaten that's rotten stuff just get rid of it you know what I mean I know some of you put on your salads and stuff It's just not my thing Okay, but my point is this like a time to keep and a time to throw away as much as we want to make jokes about refrigerators isn't this very reminiscent of some of the other things? Some of us are holding on to things that are destructive for our lives. They are habits. They are attitudes. They are people. There are times to keep those and there are times to throw that relationship. Not that you can't speak Jesus into their world. Not that you can't, but they need. there are times when you need to quit allowing things to be in your life that don't need to be there. It's time to throw those things away. A time to be silent. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. It would appear that Solomon in his wisdom knew that there was a balance, that there, our overarching goal was love and peace. But Solomon did not neglect the fact that sometimes hating what is wrong or is evil, as we read, are going to war with the things that are going to destroy our families. It may be necessary sometimes to neglect the trend we see in Christianity to become pacifists who just allow everything to take place and to recognize that there are things worth going to war over. I want to be careful in the word war. Okay, It's a big jump between this and saying that load your weapons type war. But to say, which biblically, you're not going to be able to get away from that one either. But for this morning's purposes, there are times to, to go to war with things and there are times to work to, to save and, to, and try and be at peace. And knowing the time, boy, that is the... See, folks, we we talk about these things of, of a time to do this, but where we really have to start trusting in the Holy Spirit is to know when is the time to go to war? When is the time to, to work for peace in this matter? and In every... Every, the situations will be you will have to trust God's direction and pray earnestly that He will guide you and direct you through that because I can't sit here this morning and give you a list. There's no logical, ethical way for me to say this is a list of war and peace. But to know that there are sometimes when you need to cease fire on whatever it is you're going to war with, and there are sometimes that you need to be unrelenting and know this matters and to trust the Holy Spirit in those things. I want to go over the last part of this this morning and, and it's the next section of Scripture, and I'm just going to leave it up here because we're going to close with, and I'm going to work through it fairly quickly. But he continues on in this, this reflection of time and says, what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. I think there's a, I think there's a missing element in our world today where we, we have worked so diligently to try and create lives of ease, in lives of luxury, because everything that's being sold to you on online is about luxury and, and living in the fat, if you will, living in the in the in the good, in the icing, whatever you want to call that, right? That we're pushing that like life should get better. But one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest animated movies to be created was a movie called The Bee Movie. Have you ever watched it? Okay, great philosophical thing going on here. The bees fight to be freed from their labor of having to make honey for the humans. Okay. It's not a true story, by the way. (laughs) Okay, so they fight, okay, to, to, to not have to make honey for the humans anymore. And in the coming scenes, after they're freed and liberated from their burden of making honey, they find themselves overly docile, sitting around doing nothing, starting to question why they exist in general. And then they realize that the flowers around the world are dying because they're not there to pollinate them. And there's this great, don't get me wrong, sometimes animated movies, the subliminal stuff they do is sickening and evil. But in this case, the the subliminal, the the undertone of what's taking place is the bees were created for a purpose and they will only find peace, joy, and happiness when they are accomplishing their purpose. Mm -hmm. God has laid burden on the human race. And He has made everything in this list beautiful in its time. He's made all of it beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity into the human heart, understanding that there's something so much bigger going on. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. This is what I love about this to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. It is the gift of God to understand that life is about how I use my time and how I allow God to use my time, and understanding that the time He has given me, all of those things will be encompassed. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. And it is, it is our, our task this morning to walk from this place recognizing it is the God-given responsibility of ours to leave from here and toil through figuring out and working through how we'll use the time that God has given us. Let's do that well. God, we come before you this morning in some ways a bit alarmed at statistical numbers. But God, really recognizing that this this reality of the times that are given to us in the seasons, and the times to do things, God, that what a, what a wonderful life you have afforded us. So no matter where we find ourselves in the silly algorithm of expectancy, God, we understand that the, the very first part of this was saying that there is a, a time for us to be born, a time for us to die, and we acknowledge we have no idea when that is. So as we use even this afternoon, tomorrow, and the days to follow, Help us to use whatever you've given us to the best of our ability. God, if you bless us in such a way that we are all able to be back under this roof and worship you in 2024, we will praise you. If not, we will praise you. Help us to use the time, what you've given us, help us to use it well. We love you. We thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.